And how would you gentlemen like those steaks prepared? Prepared? Oh, you mean cooked? Yes, sir. Cooked is most definitely what I should have said. Do excuse me, please. How would you like those steaks cooked? Well, just knock its horns off, wipe its nasty old ass, and chunk it right down on the plate. Same for me, please. I will give Chef your instructions exactly. And would you care to order wine with your meal? Uh, hi, yeah. Why don't you bring us a bottle of something or other? Uh, not too sweet? American. American something or other. Yes, sir, an excellent choice. And uh, would you like to have glasses, or do you prefer to drink directly from the bottle? Well, uh, glasses, I reckon. Oh, and hey, toss a little ice in mine, if you would, my good man. Ice? Certainly, sir. Nothing could surprise me now. Oh, yeah, hey, tell that cook you better not screw up them steaks. We're kind of particular about our meat. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Antonio, Texas, TPC San Antonio, and the cut line is here to break down the dreaded tournament that finds itself directly behind everyone's favorite major, the Masters at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Poor Valero behind the Masters. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. What's up, Spain? Hello, Germany, Sweden. What's shaking New Zealand? How's it hanging, Australia? I'm sure you're crushing over there in Europe. What's up, Cali, Alaska, Nevada? Again! You don't play DFS. What's going on, man? Give it up to Minnesota. My man, Ryan Kaiser. You are forgiven. Indiana, New York, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, Michigan, and the sweet state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Today, we are still in the 1970s, and the great question that we are addressing on this occasion is cheese versus cheese. No matter where you're from, the cut line is here to deliver the cheese for all of our listeners. You get the baby cheeses. The monstrous Gorgonzilla, the dental schloss, when it's too good to be true, rain with a light brie, an order from the a la curd menu, while listening to the Munster Mash. This is brutal, man. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Skyler. Shut up. Please shut up. Stop. I- shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut hey. up. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, man, I couldn't help myself. Could not help myself. I'm Michael Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter, but it's time. It's time for gifts to all our listeners. This has been promised, and I am going to deliver.
the cut line is now on the world wide web and yes even your local dial-up connections can access cutlinegolf.com very easy go to cutlinegolf.com and you have access to the course report the core four the tournament model my podcast here the cut line and of course our blog which talks about strategy and just it's been an ongoing project i'm very proud of it i'm looking forward to growing this project it's free and it's awesome cutlinegolf.com go there check it out check out everything we are currently providing for you guys um i know much much appreciating appreciation goes out to you guys just taking the time and and, and, and and giving me the appropriate motivation to just produce better content for for anyone who's interested in the cut line so thank you so much again cutlinegolf.com go check it out so let's break it down let's go to the valero the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the valero texas open and i'm gonna do the best i can it all comes down to this role. Roy Munson, a man-child, with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag, and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Hey! To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. <clears throat> in addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand, traps, and a putt that might drop in through your back door. And the cut line's going to do what it does best and give you plenty of winners. Big ones. On Sunday and getting six of six players through the cut line. The pun was intended. But it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock early Thursday morning. And you just don't know what everyone is thinking this week. Fanshare Sports does. Go to FanshareSports.com and find out who the most popular ownership golfer is going to be this weekend. Yes, that didn't make too much sense, but still, we are looking at ownership as a leverage play here. Who do you play? Who do you fade just based on ownership? And if you're not subscribed, there's a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com and the discount code, write the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership and we're coming up on the masters man better time for leverage in addition i want to give a shout out to pga tour fantasy national for all the stats they provide for pga and dfs enthusiasts if you're not using fanshare sports if you're not using fantasy national if you're not using the pga tour your lineups suck fix it subscribe get it done and as always we want to win right we want to win so the WGC match play is over. We're not going to break it down too much. We knew the volatility of it. But we're going to go straight to the Valero. And it brings us to the third oldest tournament on PGA Tour. And the sixth oldest tournament worldwide. The Oaks course at TPC San Antonio plays host to some of the best golfers in the world. And though this isn't the first time that this tournament appears on the schedule prior to the Masters. The unique aspect is that ter- this tournament has only a- preceded the Masters twice now. Twice. That's it. Key aspect on this particular tournament in terms of its placement. The tournament before the Masters. Okay, Five of the last six years. 
Only one winner of the tournament prior to the Masters had even qualified for a major. So keep that in mind as you guys are building rosters this week. Now the question though is, who the hell is going to be motivated to play this week when they're playing in Georgia next weekend? TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course, let's break it down. A very long par 72 course that features five long par fours, a few longer par threes, and three par fives that measure over 590 yards for guys who are the longer off the tee. But, of course, the degree of accuracy tends to have an advantage here. There are quite a few runoffs, a long course, and the wind is usually what will destroy golfers around here, an average of 16 miles per hour. This course typically ranks one of the hardest on tour, and the reason is the wind and the fact that you have to be so accurate and it's so difficult if that wind is howling. So treeline fairways, you've got a lot, a lot to deal with here. So if the wind does die down, right now it's looking at 12 to 16 miles per hour, which will play a factor this weekend in the tournament. But again, pay attention to the winter, winter weather. Wow. Pay attention to the tee time draws as well because there could be some advantage. And that weather could change by Thursday. So keep a keen eye on that. Key stats I'm looking at, strokes gained, tee to green, strokes gained, ball striking approach i'm also looking at fairways gained and strokes gained around the green i don't think it's getting enough enough love and it should be so keep that in mind but the question is what golfers are we going to play this week he's two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we will break down each tier of golfer all the way from the 11K range down through the 7K range. And we are going to start with a bit of news up at that top tier. DJ withdrawn due to undisclosed injury. And we all know that that undisclosed injury is simply, I got to defend my title next weekend. I got to defend my title at Augusta. So Want to make you guys aware of that. Jerry Kelly also withdrew. Not that you were going to play him anyway. So we are going to move straight down into that next tier of golfer. We're looking at Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, and Hideki Matsuyama. Now, here's the thing. I like all these guys minus Spieth here. I It's just the two, though, that really, really are, are jumping on to me are Scotty Scheffler and, and Matsuyama. And one thing I've been dealing with all week in trying to gauge and measure is who's going to be here to play, who needs to play, play well, who needs to gain momentum if they're playing next weekend in Augusta. On top of that, who doesn't need that momentum and could just be here along for the ride to, to stay in tune for next weekend. So it's kind of hard to say. You don't know the psychological you know, thought process in some of these guys. I would hate to think that any of them cash it in for any reason, and I don't think they do. But Tony Finau, a little bit hesitant on saying, hey, I'm going to roster him this weekend, simply because he's 11000 Now, if ownership comes in where he's a complete leverage play, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's a possibility. But you look at the last, you know, five years, 2019, 61st, 3rd in 2017, and 68 in 2015. Not something to write home about. The players, he struggled. He missed the cut. Did finish 14th at WGC Mexico. So haven't hasn't played in a while. So obviously he's been practicing, working on his game in Utah. You're doing living in Utah. You don't play golf in Utah. Come on, man. But in my approach model, ranks 7th in the last 12 rounds. Top 5 in the last 24, 36, and 48 rounds. So we're looking pretty good here with Tony Finau in the approach model. I think in the confidence model, ranks number 2. And just a little smidge behind 
Scotty Scheffler, but not by much. So there's a lot of nice things to say about Tony Finau. I, I, I think he's a valid play. But I, I do think it's an ownership play. And if you can find enough guys to surround him um, successfully in order in, in order to build strong lineups that are, are, are going to be successful this weekend. But the guy who really, really interests me right now is Hideki Matsuyama. He's been way off, right? He's been way, way off. Missed the cut at the players. Looked terrible. Okay, he looked brutal. So bad that his approach rank right now ranks in the bottom half of the field in the last 12 rounds. That's pretty indicative of how bad it's been recently for him at the players. Now, of course, at the Arnold Palmer, finished 18th. WC Mexico finished 15th. I'm not saying that, that his game's gone. But you're talking about a guy who needs to really come into form going into Augusta, who might not need that little pick-me-up. I think Matsuyama fits that bill. So I know that he is playing next weekend, and it could easily come back and bite you in the butt. But I'm going to throw him up there as a must-play this weekend. I think there's a lot riding for Matsuyama to get right. And, of course, Scotty Scheffler, going to go back to him. There's nothing we can do. We have to go back to him. 20th last year in 2019 has been one of the best players on tour for the last month or two. Um, there's no doubt about it. The guy's coming into a world of his own. Currently, official world golf rankings have him 22nd. So I'm most definitely going to take pieces of Scotty Scheffler this weekend. So going down to the 9K range, this is an interesting range itself. Uh, Abraham Answer, Corey Connors, guys who we're going to see over at uh, Augusta next weekend, guys that I'm not necessarily going to play as ownership fades, but three guys that I'm going to play in this 9K range are Ryan Palmer, Cameron Chingale, and Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman's course history here is impeccable, right? He had a win in 2016, finished second in 2019, hasn't missed cut in the last five years. You look at his recent form, 34th at Corrales, um, 17th at the players, 10th at the API. So he obviously loves playing at this time of year. You look at him in terms of approach play, an elite ball striker, elite approach play. Like This course is tailor-made for the type of golfer that Charlie Hoffman is because not only is he solid with approach, he's solid off the tee. He's just had a great, uh, like, like tee to green game. And you could argue that Cameron Tringale is kind of coming into that same kind of way growth formula, right? Like, he's not as strong off the tee as Charlie Offman, but I could see him improving. And he's not as strong an approach as Charlie Offman, but again, improving. And I just like the way that. Tringale's just really handled this year so far. He's looked really good. Now, he did miss the cut at the, at the players, but who hasn't missed the cut at the players? He came back and finished 13th at the Honda, and before that, 31st at the API. So there's a lot to like about uh, Cameron Tringale here. When you look at his course history, and I think this is more of his growth than coming into his own, 40th, 60th, two missed cuts, and then last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago, 2019, had a 17th place finish. So I think that's a viable stat to understand that as he's growing as a golfer, he's, as he's getting better, he's he's a viable option and a viable candidate to be solid this weekend. Palmer, to me, seems like a sleeper. He doesn't necessarily fit this course, like his course style, per se. But we've seen the success here. Sixth, fourth, sixth, followed by two missed cuts. And then he did do well at the players in his 17th finish place. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to want to be overweight on Ryan Palmer. He's looking good, you know, historically in the approach model. Last 48 ranks 10th in the field. But, of course, reason for him is suspect. 58th um, in terms of the entire field, especially in some windy conditions. My overall stat model ranks 15th. And my aggregate model ranks number 11th. Um, so I, I, I do like that as we move forward. 
it's just this is such a like delicate tournament because we are playing it right before Augusta, right? We are playing it right before Augusta. So that that really rounds out for that that nine k range. Kucher and Siwoo Kim are going to be playing at the major next weekend, so I really don't have any interest in them. But continuing in that eight k range, we're going to look at Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Chris Kirk, and Cam Davis. Okay, Ricky Fowler made the cut at the Honda and was terrible on Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. If Fowler doesn't win this weekend, he's not going to play in the Masters. And I get it. Everyone is going to be motivated to play in the Masters. I know this, but it's Ricky Fowler, right? Isn't isn't him not playing in the Masters like uh, an indication to all the sponsorships that he has to say, hey, maybe we're backing the wrong horse. Maybe we picked the wrong golfer. Like, who doesn't want to go and grab Jordan Spieth right now and put him on some commercials? So I, I think that Fowler has a lot at hand. I think it's going to be very stressful, and you're going to see it right away. Um, he's been going through a swing change for God knows how long. It's time to put it together, Fowler, if, if you're any good. All right, continuing on in this 8K range, we're looking at Cameron Davis at 8,800. I do like this play. He doesn't project very well in terms of like the average course projection. But for this weekend, I got him uh, 20th overall in terms of style rank. Top 12, top 15. In my aggregate model ranks, number 12. Overall stat model, number 29. And, of course, a solid approach player. In fact, in the last 12 rounds, Cam Davis is number one. And as you guys know, I've been riding him like crazy. Unfortunately, if the players in the API, I did miss the cut. Um, Cam Davis, though, at the Honda, 33rd. So with my approach model, I did take a look at like in moderate to windy conditions so that's why i like the correlation between like what he's looked like in his last 12 rounds versus like what he's looked like in in like let's say his form recent form doesn't necessarily connect i just do like cam davis in this wind i think there's an opportunity for him to be successful and of course at 8600 the other guy that i keep touting and keep going back to is chris kirk chris kirk of course ranks like this is what he would do to me he ranks 16th in my overall stat model right 14th in my confidence model but then things just don't grade out right and he's just barely top 30 in the aggregate and the issue is the approach now you look at the course history for chris kirk miscut eighth place miscut 13th or eighth so you're just kind of curious what's going to come out of kirk this weekend but you look at recent form 25th at the honda 48th at the players eighth at the arnold palmer so i think he's most definitely a viable option in this 8k range and, of course, Sam Burns. Who doesn't want to get burned by Burns again? The guy is toasting everybody, right? Everyone keeps playing him every weekend, and he just sucks. Especially when he's chalk, man, when he's chalk. And right now we are looking at Burns, who is not going to be chalk quite yet. Single-digit ownership I'm projecting for Sam Burns right now. Is it going to last? I doubt it. I completely doubt it. Now, he does not pop in my overall stat model, does not pop in the aggregate model, does not pop in the confidence model. And it's probably these windy conditions that we're averse to for Sam Burns, but still, there is upside there. So now we're going to move down to the 7K range, and this is where I'm finding a lot of names that I'm going to end up on. Ryan Moore, HV3, Mike, uh, Matt Wallace, Sebastian Munoz, Gary Woodland, EVR, Vegas, Cameron Champ rounds it all out. Now, we're going to start with Munoz and Gary Woodland. I think Gary Woodland needs one of those pick-me-ups, and so does Sebastian Munoz. 
they're just not playing great golf right now. Like, you look at Munoz miscut at the players, 49th at the API, 22nd at the WGC Mexico. Gary Woodland miscut, and then 43rd at the WGC Mexico. Hasn't played well since then, but we know the upside that Gary Woodland has. We've seen it before. The thing I like about this, okay, the last time Woodland played here, played in 2015, finished 26th, okay? He's playing at the Masters next weekend, but he needs the same confidence that Matsuyama is trying to get. Sebastian Munoz, I think he's trying to find a piece of his game as well. So that is what we're looking at here with these guys who are playing at Augusta next weekend. Now, moving on to EVR. I love Eric Van Ruyen. I think he's going to be a great golfer moving forward. He just has to develop his game, you know, iron out all his skills. I'm going to go back to him, and I'm even going to bet him this weekend to win again. I like him my confidence model, top 10, aggregate model, top 5, overall stat model, top 3. When you look at his ownership, coming in at single-digit ownership right now, approach rank, top 10 in the last 12 rounds okay overall a solid approach player he just fits this course here's the caveat he hasn't played here oh you're killing me smalls you're killing me ryan moore hv3 we often know what we're gonna get ryan moore though fits in that that realm of caution because he's had three solid tournament appearances here um it's a weird kind of concept i have like the three like Three good ones, and then you're due for a goose egg. Even if you make the cut, right, you're going to do bad. But we know the approach rank, the approach model. Likes him, it loves him. In the fairways and greens model, he's solid off the tee. I love him in my overall stat model. He ranks number eight. My confidence model, number eight. So Ryan Moore is a solid play here. It's just you worry. It, it, it's just the human condition, right? You're thinking like, oh, well, how's he going to screw me up this time? Of course, HV3, we know the upside that he pr- provides, especially if he's able to putt, which has not been done recently. Thank you. Appreciate that, HV3. Uh, did finish 19th, though, at the Honda. So, of course, history looks good with an average finishing position of 24th. So, that'll ra- ra- kind of like round out that upper 7K range. And then going down, like you're looking at like Johnny Vegas. And then you're looking at Cam Champ. Cam Champ, for whatever reason, is popping in my model right now. And I like it. I'm going to play it. Number 18, my overall stat model. 23rd, my confidence model. You look at the projections, though. They look brutal. He's projected to, be, to finish 83rd in the field. Course projection, 69th. And the, even in this style projection, 96th. So he doesn't necessarily fit this course at all or this style. But one could argue that, you know, he did make the cut in 2018. So he's played here before. But his recent form is brutal. Champ. Miss cut, miss cut, 48th, starting at the players, ending at the WGC. So, all a bunch of plays, all options here that, that I'm interested in. But the question is, who can we not play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this takes us to the cut line signature segment, the double digit ownership that we can't play, can't do it. Hence the name of the segment. Starting off, Jordan Spieth is looking to be close to the chalk talkie. I mean, he's not going to be it. It's Jordan Spieth. 
and I know the great form that he's been in, but you talk about a guy whose driver is better, don't get me wrong, whose approach play is better. He's been playing solid golf. I'm going to love him at Augusta. I'm just not going to love him here. His game is not tailored for this course. I, I, I'm just not excited to play it. He did finish second in 2015. Different golfer at that time. I'm just not going to buy it. No. Jordan Spieth's trying to get his game right for next weekend. And I just don't think this is the time you buy Jordan Spieth. Again, most people will probably buy him next year or next week. Um, so a, an ownership kind of play. I'm just not going to do it here, especially at 18 and 22% owned. Next guy is Corey Connors. Corey Connors is looking at 28 to 30% my initial run through. Overall stat model looks great. Sixth, aggregate model, third, confidence model, third. You're looking at a ton of reasons to play Corey Connors. The problem is I don't want to play Corey Connors if he's going to be that highly owned. We're looking at like a 30% ownership. Come on, man. Corey Connors, that high? Okay, he's not going to be 30. I know that. It's a run-through. It's the initial one. It's not going to happen. He won the Valero in 2019. 2018 finished 26th. But look, 7th at the players, 3rd at the API. There's a lot to say. Like, why would we not play Corey Connors? Great recent form. Everything of that nature. Well, here's the thing. Corey Connors is playing at Augusta next weekend. If you want to buy into chalk CC here in a guy who's going to try to get his game together so he can win a major, I'm just not going to buy it. I don't think he wants to win this tournament again. He wants to play well at Augusta National. And who doesn't? All right, who doesn't? Next guy. Keegan Bradley, can't do it, man. 8400 for Keegan, I get it. The upside here, you know, the first-round leader bet. I'll take that all day of the week. But the fact is, Keegan can't finish on Saturday, can't finish on Sunday. I'm not buying it here. 45th in 2018, missed the cut in 2017. 2016, finished 37th. Even if you look at the recent form, at the Honda, 30th, the players, 29th. Like, that's not going to pay off at $8,400. He has looked good, looked solid in approach, solid in his fair, like off the tee, but historically he's kind of middle of the road approach player. So again, the thing that really kind of hurts his game, as always, is putting. And I think here, just because of his recent form, his putting has been rated a little bit better than what it should be. Anyways, Keegan Bradley can't do it. And the last guy is Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder getting a ton of attention, getting a lot of pop. I had him as an outright about two weeks ago at the Honda. Almost got it. Finished eighth place overall. But again, I don't think he fits this course. I'm not looking at Sam Ryder as a must play. He's actually a can't play, can't do it. But now the fun part. Let's figure out those monsters in the 6K range. (laughs) Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. (laughs) A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. 
So this is the MG Monsters and Guarantee where we look at the 6K range and identify the monsters who are going to finish in the top 25 or better. Looking at the 6K range, it's limited. I'm not dropping again below 6,500. And my monsters go as follows. Kevin Chappell, Will Gordon, Doc Redman, and Kyle Stanley. There are other options I wanted to take, like Jim Furyk. I just think he's too old now. He's it, it, it's it's over. I'm sorry, it's over, Jim. It's over. But looking at Kevin Chapel and Will Gordon uh, in particular, all right. In my overall stat model, Chapel ranks number nine. Will Gordon ranks thirty-one. Aggregate model: eighth for Chapel, twenty-seventh for Will Gordon. What I do like though is the fact that Chapel won in twenty seventeen, fourth in twenty sixteen. 66th and 25th and 30th and 2018 a, a past winner of this tournament is coming in at $6,900 after finishing 13th the Honda I'll take it now if he ends up being double digit ownership of course I'm gonna fade it we don't play 6k chalk still most definitely a viable option Will Gordon man he's disappeared off the map he used to be one of my favorite plays to go to I'm going back to him here this weekend at 6,800 solid approach player um Awful off the tee, but you never know when they'll put it together. In terms of overall stat rank, ranks number 31. Okay, 31 overall. And in my confidence model, ranks in the top 30 again. So it's interesting to note he's 125 to 1 in terms of Vegas odds, which is a little bit better than most kind of in this price point. So that's why I'm going to take the upside here. Jim Furyk, though, um, I think Furyk's going to be popular. It's just I don't want any pieces of him. He's getting too old, man. He's getting too old. Like we're looking at like eight or nine percent for Jim Furyk. So I'm going to say no. Um, going down to that six, uh, the rest of the six K range. Doc Redman, Kyle Stanley, Doc Redman, another one of those guys that we were riding like crazy, and all of a sudden he just kind of vanished. His game is falling apart. He missed the cut at the Players 66th, our API. Um, never played here. Similar to Will Gordon. But again, a decent enough approach player, decent enough off the tee, and a great score. Um, he's an okay putter too, so I do like that from him. He is a volatile play. I would play it cautiously. But then Kyle Stanley, like I said, I'm going to bet Kyle Stanley to win and probably do it each way. I like him here. I like him on this course, especially if he gets a hot putter. It's most definitely a good candidate to kind of turn things around. He's also played here twice um, with middling success, but still. You know, you never know. Thir third time's a charm. Three times a charm. Turn it all around. All right, let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over. Join us next week as we break down the Masters at Augusta National. And make sure that you check out CutlineGolf.com for all your PGA DFS information. I want to give a shout-out to Fanshare Sports, Fantasy National, and PGA Tour. Also, I want to give a shout-out to you, the listener. Without you, none of this work would be provided or done or completed. I love doing it, though. I do. I absolutely love it. Um, all right, man. Birdies, Eagles, scoring. Get a big on Sunday, 6-6. Six six. Let's get some winners.